Thanks for joining us for the latest Grazia Life Advice podcast. I'm Rhiannon Evans. It's lovely to be with you. This time, our woman worth listening to is one of the UK's biggest recording artists. Hey everyone, it's Anne-Marie, singer, songwriter, and I'm on the Grazia podcast. Anne-Marie is the force behind many of the biggest pop hits in recent years, and her second album, Therapy, went to number two in the charts. Now she's turned her hand to writing, releasing her first book, a self-help guide called You Deserve Better. I've had a massive journey with my mental health and I've done so much stuff to try and help my journey of it that I feel like I have enough information to tell other people (laughs) on what they can try out. Coming up, a first for the podcast and some great advice that you just know has been Hard won through bitter experience, Anne-Marie says, don't open WKD bottles with your teeth. I used to do it all the time and I used to be really good at it. And when I was making the documentary, I went to do it basically on camera because I was like, ah, look, I'm still the same me. And I really hurt my teeth. And I was like, I'm never doing it again. And a bit later, we hear about the value to Anne-Marie of keeping a diary. Last night, I wrote my day out and I just flipped to a page and it was my it was the 10th of May, my granddad's birthday. And I read through the page and I was like, oh my God, so much stuff happened that day. Like, I can't believe so many memories were created on that day. I want to be able to recognize when memories are being made and like make memories. It's another great chat with an absolute star of British music. Here comes Anne-Marie. Hey, Anne-Marie, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Where do I find you? Are you at home? I'm looking at your pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my hundreds of pictures on my wall. Yeah, Yeah. I'm at home. And my picture of my nephew on my pillow, which is kind of freaky, kind of cute. I'm not sure what one yet, but yeah, I'm at home in London. I love that. Yeah, he's just creeping in the background there. What's his name? (laughs) Preston. Hi, Preston. Just put him over there somewhere. <laughs> I'm so happy to talk to you today. Uh, I want to talk to you about a few things. Firstly, can I ask you, because obviously we know you as a singer-songwriter, but you're about to have a book out, and yeah. not just any book, kind of like a book about advice. So it's called You Deserve yeah. Better. Can you explain what it is? Okay, so from the beginning of this whole book thing, I basically never used to read books. I always had difficulty reading, whether that was my attention span was very short or just like general dyslexia, not really being able to read for a long period of time. Um, So they never really were a big part of my life. And the older I got, the more I was adamant that I wanted to read a book. And it was because all the people around me who seemed to be very knowledgeable (laughs) and intelligent, always read books. So I just thought, I'll try it out. I'll Mm -hmm. try and read one. And I read my first book about two years ago, and it changed me completely. What what was it? (laughs) It's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. I know it, yeah. And that's all about, you know, your brain and how you feel and how you act and react. And it's always something that I've struggled with, giving a fuck about too many things that Mm. shouldn't be given a fuck about. 
and it just related to me and I read it over and over again because I'm quite an obsessive person as well so when I like something I I watch it read it do it a lot so once I'd got done with that book I then went on to other books and when lockdown happened Mm. I had a conversation with my manager about it and she was like would you ever write a book yourself and I was like no no way I can't I can't do that but the more I thought about it the more I was like that would actually be interesting like what would I write about so I just started exploring it and the more I explored it the more I just wanted to explain my story in a book but I didn't really want it to be all about me I didn't want to have a book that's like this is my life read about my life I want you to be interested in my life it's more like I've had a massive journey with my mental health and I've done so much stuff to try and help my journey of it that I feel like I have enough information to tell other people (laughs) what they can try out So I just wanted to write a really honest book about that. And I do try and do it in my songs. I do try and do it in my captions and my tweets. But it's a very short, limited space that you get to try and explain yourself or talk about something. Mm. So, um, yeah, with the help of therapy along the way, I've learned so much about myself. So I thought I'd I'd put it all in a book. (laughs) Yeah. And tell me what the vibe of it is. So it's more kind of like... I mean, self-help always makes you think, oh, if you're not that kind of person, you think, oh, I'm not sure about that. Mm. It's not kind of like, you know, self-care, have a bath, is it? It's like real, real help and practical stuff. Yeah, I've tried to be as practical practical as I can. And I've the, when I was writing it, I was sending it to my friends who are not interested in self-help books okay. because I wanted to see what they felt like. And they were reading it and were interested in it. And that made me feel a lot better because I know self-help isn't I guess people don't really like it or it doesn't really work sometimes Mm. like they just read something and think whatever so I just wanted to make it as understandable as possible in every angle possible um so I just I've honestly written everything my brain can think of to do with just loving yourself like it's just um I don't even know an easier way to put it or more, I don't know, easier way to understand, but just like actually liking yourself makes everything better. Mm. And I'm trying to get people to that stage because it took me so long to like myself. And the past years where I think back, it was just wasted really on worry and, you know, all of those things. And now that I like myself, I'm living the same life, but it's better. So yeah. I'm just I'm just trying to get that into people's heads much earlier, hopefully, than what I I achieved it. Right, because you you have like the backup for this too. You're an ambassador for loads of mental health charities and and projects, mm. aren't you? So, and I know obviously yeah. your album, your second album that came out recently, is called Therapy, and a lot of that is ploughed mm. into it too. Um, tell me about the album therapy. If people haven't picked up yet, I mean, they'll have heard the songs. Undoubtedly, you know, your songs are everywhere. So, but tell me a bit about tell me a bit about it. They're just on Love Island. If you've been watching Love Island, <laughs> yeah. all my songs have been on there. Do you, do you do you always know when it's going to be on Love Island, or you're like, oh, that's me? No, no, it's a it's a shock every time. Really, um, I love it. I 
to be honest, write music all the time. So okay. there's not ever a time where I'm not writing music. And when I wrote the first album, when it was released, I then straight away went writing again for the second mm. album. Yeah, so it's been a very, it's been basically a three-year period of writing for this second album. And um, I wrote a few and I was really happy with them and they were very different to my first album. I, I wanted it to be very different that no one could compare because I was just mm. worried about that comparison. And also when something successful you feel like you, you have to be better than that and it's all a bit much. But I wrote that. People liked the stuff, like my label, my friends and family and that, but something didn't feel right. And it was a moment when uh, I was on tour and a guy came up to me with his daughter and he said, um, I'm just so glad my daughter has you to look up to. Like, mm. you really help. I'm just happy that she's got you. And I was like, oh, I've just written a whole album about, like, hating boys and, like, right, yeah. anger and, you know, all of this stuff. And I was like, I can't do that because I obviously want to be expressionate and want to, like, do stuff I love. But what I love more is actually helping people mm. with music because I, I think if I weren't doing music, I'd be a doctor or something, just something to, like, help yeah. people. So that changed the whole direction. And I started writing more songs about, like, loving who I am and all that stuff and when it went into lockdown I then went on another journey of starting therapy mm -hmm. and then then the writing went off on its own path and we didn't actually call it therapy until about two months before it was all finished okay. so there were there's 11 tracks on the album I think and 10 of them were written before we came up with the title so they all kind of made us think of the title rather than calling it therapy, yeah. then writing all the songs about it. So the only song that I wrote after calling it therapy was therapy, <laughs> which yeah. makes sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it all, it all always come from my journey in therapy, but not like discussions from therapy. It's like stuff that I've been through, heartbreak, self-love, all of this stuff that therapy has helped me understand and get mm. through. So mm. it's all, it's like, basically, it's my first album, but from a different perspective, okay. which is exciting for me. That's nice. And it, you said you're always writing. So does that mean you're writing album three now already? Yeah, I almost feel like I, ha I already have it. Okay. <laughs> but, but that's Someone tell the label. never the case. <laughs> no, don't tell the label that. Um, but yeah, I actually... I actually took time off of writing for the first time after releasing the second album. Okay. And it is nice, but you get to a point, I think, as a creative that you just, you're done with that and you want to, you know, get back to being creative. So I, I'm definitely at that point now where I need to get back in the studio. Yeah. Fantastic. So I was really excited, you know, reading about the book and obviously listening to the album, what kind of amazing advice we're going to get. And um, I have to say your first piece of advice wasn't what I was expecting, but might be my first, my favourite piece of advice we've had in the podcast in like three years. Uh, it's uh, don't open a WKD bottle with your teeth. Did you ever do that <laughs> as a kid? I opened a lot of WKD bottles, but not with my teeth. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is an Essex thing. Okay. But 
I used to always d- just open bottles with my teeth. Oh, that makes and that doesn't fun. mean necessarily WKD, but I used to drink a lot of WKD. But, yeah, it was um, a thing, I think, that we used to do. I think to look hard <laughs> or something. I don't know. But I used to do it all the time and I used to be really good at it. And when I was making the documentary, I went to do it basically on camera because I was like, ah, look, I'm still the same me. And I really hurt my tooth. God. And I was like, I'm never doing it again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that's uh, that's the bit of advice that I told So don't do that. And I don't think no. there's loads more, you know, I don't think we need to pick that apart. I think that just is what it is. Can <laughs> I ask, simple. though, what colour wickeds you drink? I call those, used to call them wicked still, but... Yeah, blue. Always Has blue. Has to be blue. Mm. The original. Yeah. 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 I don't even know what flavour it is, like bubblegum or raspberry. I don't <laughs> even know. I think they keep it vague. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fruit juice. Yes. Right. Your Let's just move straight on. Your second piece of advice is also very practical, but I want to know where it's come from. Don't eat a whole loaf of bread a day. <sighs> yeah. So, I've only just started eating different things other than bread. So, this is um, this is a big one for me because okay. I've been vegan, vegetarian, a mixture of the two for about two and a half years now, mm. maybe three years. But before that, I used to eat sandwiches mm. and toast and any kind of bagel or bread. That's from a really young age. Like I used to wake up, eat peanut butter on toast. For lunch, I'd have a cream cheese sandwich. For dinner, I'd have two cream cheese sandwiches. That was my day. So there's a lot of bread. And I think although this is primarily about bread and my personal own advice to myself because it gives me a lot of, you know, problems with my belly and (laughs) I don't think I'm actually meant to eat a lot of bread. Um, I, I I get like trapped wind and like bad, bad stuff happening if I eat mm. bread now. But in general, food, I think, is something that we should all really pay attention to because it's changed my life, really. Okay. And that's on like a social level and a health level. And um, I've just really loved exploring food and cooking. And I I guess I just wasn't really bothered about food before I liked it I liked sandwiches but it was almost like stopping me from you know spending time with my family or spending Mm. time with my friends being able to go out to meals and stuff because I wouldn't like anything okay so it wasn't until I turned vegetarian that I actually was able to socialize and go to meals with people because I could eat with people Mm. um so yeah this is about bread because bread gives me trapped wind but also (laughs) also just food in general I think we all need to really get our own sense of diet and that Mm. doesn't mean like diet as in like eat less and all that stuff it's like what you actually put in your body and I did like a allergy test just to see what but my body didn't react to rather than like going to someone and them saying you need to eat this and this Mm because this makes you feel this it's not right for you maybe you know so you need to find what works for you and what gives you the most energy really Hmm. 
And the first thing to say is that that sounds like my toddler's dream day. He would he asks for, he asks for sandwiches all day. So you guys are in yeah. minds. And but I want to ask you: you were like a karate world champion. Was you was that just literally on like four sandwiches? <laughs> no. Yeah. 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 Wow. I don't know how I did it either. I don't know how it happened. And and my mum my mum and dad were like, "Is this okay <laughs> that she's just eating this?" Yeah, but I, my energy was always so high, and I never seemed to be like lacking anything. So they just let me carry on. I mean, I only ate broccoli if it was like inside a Yorkshire pudding. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I. That's the only vegetable I'd eat back in the day. So I don't. I don't know how I did it. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> <laughs> just occurred to me. How did you manage that? There you go. Superhuman. Yeah. Uh, and your parents involved in your third piece of advice can you tell me what that is as well please yeah my dad's advice to me has always been preparation is the key to success okay I think he started saying this to me because I am not a prepared person I never ever plan anything I never organize anything never have been that way um, I've never really believed in it because my life has been what it has been without preparation. I've just done it. Yeah. But the the older I've got, the more I realised how stressful life is without a little bit of preparation. Like I, I have OCD and that kind of stuff, so I need to know every detail of, of things. And that's something that's been really tough for me not knowing everything, just yeah. going into life unknown. In this career, I think specifically, it's quite hard to live not knowing everything, mm-hmm. really. So he used to say it and I used to be like, yeah, great, thanks for that. And now I'm like, actually, just a little bit of preparation is actually really cool. It's almost like setting an achievement. So like, I see preparation as writing down something the night before and trying to achieve it the next day. That's preparation to me now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I guess now the stakes are higher as well, right? You know, the bigger your you know, star becomes, the more you have scrutiny on like what you're tweeting, what you're doing, what you're saying. Mm. And that preparation is key for that too. Yeah. When it comes to like tweets and mainly tweets, I... <laughs> I've always found it quite hard. I think therapy has definitely helped with this as well, Mm. but like stopping before I speak. And that doesn't mean that I'm not outspoken. Mm -hmm. and That doesn't mean that I'm not opinionated or willing to stand up for myself because I still am that person. But just taking that second to to think about possible options of outcome of who this is going to affect is this just my opinion? Could I influence someone someone with this opinion? Is like a massive thing to realise, mm-hmm. especially yeah, where I am and what and how many people see my tweets. It's a different ball game for sure. Yeah, it's a lot of responsibility. I do think that. Yeah, we'll be back with more from Anne Marie after this. Hi, I'm still here with Anne Marie, and I'd love if you could tell us your fourth piece of advice, please. My fourth piece of advice is to stand up for yourself and others around you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always felt like I want to be the voice for people that can't necessarily speak out. Mm-hmm. And 
that literally can be from like a whole massive thing or it can be someone on a train that is getting spoken to badly from a stranger and I'm the one to stand up for it or someone's being racist to someone I want to be that person to stand up for for them so it's it's a general general thing of just standing up for what you believe in I think Mm. Do you, again, you know, to go back to saying like things getting bigger and stakes getting higher, do you find it harder to stand up for yourself when, you know, there's kind of an industry around you now, right? Like you start saying things like you've got a team. I mean, is it harder or do you actually find it okay to say, actually, no, that's not what I want? Um, I think, honestly, from what I have been through, in my teenagers and never feeling like I could speak up. Mm -hmm. I think I learned from that part of my life to never not speak up for myself. Mm. If I'm not happy with something, say it. I never feel peer pressure ever. I don't know. It just, peer pressure is just not effective to me. (laughs) So yeah, I guess like luckily I think individually for me as well, being in a team and the bigger I get and the more people that I have around me, I still feel like I'm never, ever going to be quiet about something. But I I definitely think that that's a personal thing. I do think that people do struggle with that. And, and I feel like that, that must be terrible. I mean, I know that because I went through that school, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, yeah, I, I always feel like I will, be the person to to stand up for myself what would your tips be if someone is in that situation and they're thinking either at work or school you know I wish I could just stand up for myself a bit better like do you have any tips or is it just one of those things you have to learn over time I mean I had to learn it over time Mm -hmm. um but what I realized was that the more I didn't speak out the bigger it seemed in my head. Yeah. So like everything was catastrophized extremely and it felt really, really bad in my head. And then over time, I somehow managed to let it out piece by piece how I was feeling. And it was very gradual. Like I know I didn't just go, okay, this is everything. I was almost saying it individually to different friends just like planting the seed and letting it out gradually. And the moment it leaves your mouth, Mm. it becomes like very small, like a very small thing. And I just, I wish that people felt that because, or knew that it felt that good to say it out loud. Because Mm. obviously when you're catastrophizing it in your head, you never want to say it out loud because you're like, oh, this is terrible. But I always, always felt like as soon as I said it, it was hardly nothing. And there is always someone who is going to be able to relate or have advice or listen or, you know, have something to say back. It's 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 a strange thing, your brain. Mm -hmm. Very powerful and um I, I just never want to be in that place where I never let anything out again because it was very lonely. Yeah, absolutely. 
your fifth piece of advice, I just really like this and I think it's simple and that everyone could do it. It's make a new memory every day. So do you, is that something you started to do recently? Is that uh, always something you've done? Well, I think naturally we always do it, right? But we don't necessarily realise that we're creating memories every day. I think the biggest thing that therapy has helped me do is helped me realise things and recognise things and feelings. I This actually happened the other day where I was... I write a diary now every night. My sister yeah. has done it for the past 10, 15 years. She's done it every mm-hmm. single night. And I've never done it, never really understood it. And I just tried it out at the start of this year. And not only did I realise that actually it makes my memory better, writing it my day down, but also last night I wrote my day out and I just flipped to a page and it was my it was the 10th of May, my granddad's birthday. And I read through the page and I was like, oh my God, so much stuff happened that day. Like mm. I can't believe so many memories were created on that day because you're living so much and so much is going on in your head and you're thinking about what's just happened or what might happen you don't actually realize that you're creating so many amazing things stuff is being created all the time Mm -hmm. so I just I want to be able to recognize when memories are being made and like make memories like Mm. make them happen because sometimes I can just sit in my flat and be like oh yeah I can't really be bothered to to go out with my friend today and that's totally fine you sometimes it is good to you know be on your own but I felt like sometimes when I force myself to go out with my friend I have so much stuff to remember from that day and like create so many memories that I just never thought would well would never happen if I was sitting at home so yeah I think memories are are really important I think as well the diarizing is just such a nice way to end the day isn't it and dump Mm -hmm. dump and bookmark and mindfully kind of like work through it too yeah I I started using Headspace app and it's I find it really hard to fall asleep I've never had a great sleeping pattern but what it makes you do on this three minute thing is just visually in your head, go through the moment you wake up and go through it like rapid speed, like fast forward, just like through the points of your day to the point of laying in bed. And that just somehow calmed me down. And doing a diary is kind of the same thing as that. It's like going from the moment you wake up to when you're asleep and, yeah, it just makes me feel good. Yeah, it's great. Um, could you please share your last piece of good advice with us? My last piece of advice is don't worry about what other people think of you. Mm-hmm. This has been my biggest thing in my life, worrying mm. what other people think about me. Mm. And the way I got over this was, is you never actually ever know what someone else is thinking about you ever that they they could even tell you what they're thinking but you still don't know Mm. if that's what they're actually thinking so 
it's just a hole that is just unnecessary for you to get into because you actually will never know yeah. what you think other people think of you is actually what you think that they think about you. Yes. It's more a reflection of yourself in lots of ways. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. It's just, it's just too much stress. And I spent too many years of my life walking out the house worried about what every single person who walked past me thought about me instead of walking down the road. Mm. Yeah, it, that's been a big one for me. And just like living your life for yourself, just living it and not worrying. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard one to explain because it's such a big thing. But yeah, I yeah, don't know how to explain it. That's what I was going to say. It's one of those ones that's easier. I always say it's easier said than done. And But, mm. you know, a lot of the really successful women I speak to live by this. And they say, you know, what a waste of time it is to worry and not do things just because you're thinking you know what someone else is thinking mm, when you don't yeah so <laughs> can stop yeah. that one that's that part no <laughs> it's, yeah. it's harder isn't it and it's especially hard I think in your position when you must get a lot of unsolicited opinions you know too from media social media everything yeah yeah another thing about just being aware of your thoughts is really important because if you go outside and then you find yourself thinking about what they're thinking about you, you just have to stop yourself and just, you know, remove yeah. it, start again. And then if you find yourself doing it again, be aware of it, stop yourself, walk again. So it is it is really hard. But I, I, I wrote a caption once, I think it was on Instagram, and I said about, or maybe it's in my book, I said about, imagining yourself going out without worries like a hypothetical version of you yeah and just feeling how it feels to not care and maybe even one day just like pretending like just try and go out and just pretend that you don't care what people think or could be thinking and just see how it feels and maybe if they actually believe it at that moment they can just keep trying it and trying it I don't know it's a it's a weird one, but I just, I want people to not worry about what people think. It's yeah. it's horrible. Yeah, it's a horrible feeling when you get caught up in it. So we'll give that one a go. But we, we always like to end on a piece of advice you shouldn't give a go or that you, you personally think has been bad advice for you in the past. So what is that mm. for you? So this might be a little bit weird for people, but... The bad bit of advice that I think is bad is be patient. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> let me explain. Yeah. So, I am a very impatient person, always have been, and I've got loads of tattoos over my body of friends and family that have written stuff about what they have that I would really like to learn for myself. Mm -hmm. So say, for example, my friend Claire is very confident and I've never been very great with confidence and self-confidence. So I got her to write it down and I get it tattooed on me. So I can remember it's her. It will never go out of fashion. Mm. And it's just something that maybe if I catch my leg at any point, I can see it written there. And I'm very visual like that. So it's, it's a good reminder and I was thinking to myself, after all these tattoos, I really want to get patience written down on me. 
because I've never been patient. And all of my friends have always said, you, you're so impatient. You need to, you know, learn how to be patient. And I went to the tattoo salon the other day and I was going to get patience written on me. And I, it came across me that I don't want to be patient. Mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I was like, would I be here now if I, if I was a patient person? Exactly. Would I, you know, have these dreams? Would I have these ambitions if I was a patient person? If I was taught to be patient? If, I don't know. I just feel like patience is boring. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't get it written on me. And I got um, go gently instead. So that's, it's a similar thing, but not really uh, the same as patience. I like being impatient. I like being eager. And um, patience to me is just something I don't really relate to and think that What's the point? I do, yeah, I do think there are things you can change, but I think there's people in this world who are good at patience and people who are bad at it. And, you know, you have to work with whichever one you are. <laughs> I'm, yeah. with, I'm with you. I can't, I can't wait for anything. Yeah, terrible. No. Anne-Marie, I've loved talking to you. And if you want more advice like that from Anne-Marie and more thoughts, her book, You Deserve Better, is out on September 30th. Thank you so much. Thank you. So great to hear from Anne-Marie. And remember, never open WKD bottles with your teeth. They should make a motivational poster with that on. It probably sell very well. So thanks for being with us. Grazia Life Advice will be back next week. Take care until then. <laughs> <laughs>